give you a gift card to have a free drink at the Cross Culture Cafe. Well, church family, that's all we have for this week's segment of FFM News. Thanks for watching and enjoy the rest of the service. Amen. Happy Mother's Day, moms. Let's give all our moms a hand, right? It's good to see you today. Uh, we know there are some family members with other moms and those things, and we hope that if you're watching online or if you're in the house or, or uh, whatever you're doing, that today is a blessed day for you. I don't want to uh, belabor the day because I know there are some uh, events happening for you this afternoon and things like that as you're celebrated. But I do want to say this. Um, in, in the prep for today, obviously I knew that I was going to Africa and that uh, we had scheduled Breno to carry the four weeks that I would be gone. And uh, so I've had a lot, a lot of time to think about this particular day. And what I would like to say to uh, moms and women at large, uh, and I, I put a lot of time in prayer and thought into um, uh, this particular thought process this morning. Um, in the three weeks that I was gone, I was on 17 flights. Uh, yeah, a lot, lot, lot of time to think. Hello, somebody. Um, so, I thought a lot about the women in particular, the, the, the women at FFM. And, and I actually prayed that the Lord would give me a prophetic word for you today as I shared. And I, I believe the Lord has done that. And so I want you to turn with me to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. And I want to start with a, a woman that maybe we don't talk a lot about. Um, and this is Anna. One of the homework assignments, uh, for the, one of the last homework assignments for uh, the second year students in the Bible college this year was to uh, name a father in the Bible who was a good father and had good sons. It was difficult. It was a difficult assignment. But if we were to flip that question... And thinking about today, name a mother or a woman in the Bible who's a good mom and had good children. Hello, somebody. I, I, want, I want the ladies to understand something as we go into Mother's Day. Because oftentimes, especially in some church cultures or religious attitudes and those type of things, uh, you know, it, it, women can feel like a secondary citizen. But Jesus came and elevated the status of women. Some of his greatest supporters of ministry were women. Some of the greatest stories in the Bible are, are illustrated by the faith of women. So when we start today, I think there's something for us to grab a hold of. Okay, that it is very important. It's part of the kingdom set up. It's part of God's vision. It's part of God's heart uh, for a woman to, to be involved and to be part of who she is, to be what she's been created to be. And th there's nothing secondary to that. She, she wasn't an, an, an extra thought. Okay, I'm going to get into that. Oh, Adam was alone and God said, that's not good. And so now I, I've made a mistake and so I've got to fix this. A casual reading of the Bible might lead you down that thought process. 
I would dare to say to you today that Eve was not a second thought. She was already in Adam. When God created Adam, Eve was already there. It wasn't like God said, oops, I've got to fix this. She was already present. You know how I know that? Because good Bible students will understand that when Adam first saw her, he said, I know her. That is bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. She was always here. Oh. This is an incredible idea and a credible thought process when we start to approach who women are and the value they have. And so today I'm going to address the assault, satanic assault in our culture today against women. And I'm not going to apologize about it. So when we see Anna, who is called a prophetess, but the only thing that we know she really was was a custodian in the house of God. Watch this. Luke chapter 2, verse 36. And there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Punnel, in the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years. Everybody say she was old. Having, my wife's a little sensitive to that. She just had a birthday. <laughs> Having lived with her husband seven years when she was a virgin, and then as a widow until she was 84. So she was married for seven years, and her husband died. So she was a widow from that time forward until we meet her here. Come on. At 84. The Bible says she did not depart from the temple worshiping with fasting and prayer night and day. And coming up at the very hour she began to give thanks to God. And to speak to him to all who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. And to speak of him to all who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. Do you know what the redemption of Jerusalem was? It's the ushering of the new covenant. Let's, let's just pray. Father, thank you for the word. Bless it to the hearing of our ear, receiving of our heart in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. Now, I don't want to get ahead of myself because I'm trying to lay a foundation, but I'm really excited, I think, in a sense, to share this with the ladies, especially the ladies who call this place home. Any of the ladies who are listening or those type of things, I want you to grab a hold of this. Women are very special and unique to God. Now, I've said this before, and I'll continue to say it. And, and if I'm wrong, the Lord can correct me when I get there. But there is nothing created in all of the created cosmos like her. She was so unique and so powerful. Adam was in charge of naming all the animals. He was in charge of naming everything that was alive. He did not need to give her a name. Both him and God just addressed her as the woman. 
creation would recognize her. They would know who she was because nothing was like her. She was the woman. It wasn't until after the fall and they were kicked out of the garden, read your Bible, that Adam named her Eve. And that was a redemptive process. I don't have time to do that for you today. It was her husband redeeming her after the fall to give her value, to give her honor, because the weight of the fall would have also played on her. And as they stand at the edge of the Garden of Eden, not allowed to go back in, it's Adam who says to her, you are Eve, you are the mother of us all, you are valuable, you are honored, and I am giving you this identity. But before that, she was just known as the woman. And that's not derogatory. Because there was nothing like her. At all. And the goal for who she was was to carry God's vision and to give birth to God's purpose on earth. So today I want to encourage women... When we talk to you about being a woman after God's own heart, we always hear about he's a man after God's own heart. But to be a woman after God's own heart, I I want you to learn to celebrate who you are and your place in society. And I want you to refuse to let it be demeaned, watered down, or redefined. Don't tell me that females don't matter. Go get you a male rooster and wait for eggs. I see, I don't have time for idiocy. We pray as elders that the women of this church will be known as women who partnered with God to give birth to heaven on earth. Y'all are like, man, he's lost his mind. He hadn't preached in four weeks. (laughs) What does it mean? What does it mean to carry God's heart as a woman? What does it it mean? It it means to have the likes and dislikes uh, that God has. It, it, It means to be connected to God in purpose and vision. To to be in compliance with God's intent, his will, and his inclination. Someone who agrees with God to do his will on earth. All right, let's get to this now because Anna is a a prophetess. That's what the Bible calls her. uh, And and she's very old. But even at an old age, she was strong physically. She could still go to the temple. She was at the center of what God was doing on the earth at that time. Think about that, ladies. Anna had positioned herself to be at the center of what God was doing on the earth at that time. She was relevant in a moment in time on planet earth. Which was a transitioning from the old covenant to the new covenant. 
I want to say this very clearly. I've written it down and put it up here because I want you to grab a hold of it and I hope you meditate this. I believe, prophetically, I'm going to say this, ladies. Women are at the center of what God is doing on the earth right now. If it wasn't so, there wouldn't be a satanic assault on the definition of who you are. You are at the center of what God is doing on the earth. It's, it, the, the proof is simple because the enemy is trying to eliminate what a woman is. Robbing women of their biblical identity. God creates Adam. And he creates everything. And after every created process, God says it's good. It's good, it's good, it's good, it's good, it's good, it's good. In that statement, the idea is it's finished. It's complete. That process of creation is complete. Okay? He gets to Adam and he says, it's not good. It's not, oops, I made a mistake. It's not finished. He needs a help me. Why? What's the purpose of God? What does God tell Adam and Eve? Go forth, be fruitful, and cannot happen without a woman. Cannot happen without a woman. The vision of God cannot take place. What God is saying to Adam and Eve is, you are a container of who I am in my created process. God's not some artist who's painting a painting hanging it on the wall and saying, man, that looks great. God creates creation and then wants to live in what he's created and express himself to all of creation. And so Adam and Eve's job was to multiply the earth in a way to express God. He was a container. But when Adam fell, he ceased to be a container of God. And he was a container of brokenness. And so now the expression of God isn't going to happen. All that's going to happen is an expression of brokenness. That's why Jesus is the second. He's the second Adam. God's plan didn't change just because the fall happened. He still intends to be expressed in the earth. And he cannot do it without a woman. That's why he chose a young virgin. Her name was Mary to bring forth a second. Oh, ladies. You cannot do it without her. And so God says it's not good. It's not complete. It's not finished God didn't make a mistake that he has to uh, fix. She was already there. And so he puts Adam to sleep and he takes what he's already created. And there she is. Nothing else in creation is created like her. Can you imagine? I mean, the Bible doesn't necessarily say how long Eve lived, but she, she lived a long time. And as the earth filled... And people 
began to multiply and live in different areas. I can imagine that there were people who, who uh, you know, hundreds of years later had maybe never met Eve. But can you see her and Adam visiting a village? And Eve walking down Main Street. And everyone would have been, there she is. There she is. That is Eve. It's not in the scripture. I can't prove it to you. I'm just, come on, somebody. She was the first. The mother of us all. She is the way God is expressing himself into the earth. Ladies, you were created by God. In such a unique way that his expression cannot happen without you. It cannot happen without you. Without your faithfulness, without your diligence, without your commitment. And here's the struggle. We hear this and we go, yes, that's true. But then we have to walk out of this house where that is a protected subject where we don't have to apologize for it. And we have to go live in a society who's trying to convince us that you are insignificant and don't matter. As a matter of fact, now they're trying to say you are so insignificant that men can be you. That you don't matter. That men can be you. I'm not pretending for those idiots. I'm not going to pretend for them. I cannot be that woman. But see, because men don't want to own their responsibility. They abdicate it. By robbing you of yours. And society applauds it. It is, it is, it, listen, this is what happens. And, and what happens is now, all of a sudden, because church wants to be relevant in the culture, then we feel like we've got to adopt our ideas and our, our thought processes. Listen, God's not changing his creative order for anybody. He's not doing it. And so, ladies, you just want to embrace the uniqueness and the specialness of who you are and what God has created you to do on that thing and don't let anybody talk you out of it. Can I say this? To eliminate what is at the center. If women are at the center of what God is doing. To eliminate what is at the center is to make the whole issue unstable. Can you see the satanic assault now? And, and, and if, you don't, if you don't grab a hold of this, and maybe you disagree, you've got to rip the whole first chapter of Romans out of your Bible. I don't know how they get around it. It's, it's not complicated, and it's definitely not apologetic. 
And let me say this to us. Every woman that's in this room, age is no barrier on the kingdom of God. Young or old. Anna was old. Can I speak to the older ladies at our church? God's not done with you. God is not done with you. Let me tell you why. There are so many young ladies in our church, in society right now, who are living in this confusing world that need older women to show them what true biblical women look like. It's okay to be a woman. A biblical woman. And let me say so, let me say this, older ladies, you need to understand that sometimes, listen, sometimes your most powerful ability is to look another woman in the eye and teach her how to be a woman of God. Let me show you how to do this. Let's walk this through. Let me show you. Let me wrestle with you. Let me pray with you. I know the world is saying this. I know you're being pulled that way. I know society is throwing this in you. I know the world is trying to give you a different thought process. But let me help you understand original creation. Older ladies in this church, your ability to shape the next generation of God is ultimately the most powerful thing you have. And society is crumbling. And I just want to say this. If you don't believe that this satanic assault is true, where are all, where are all of these so-called organizations that are supposed to stand up and defend women's rights? Why are they so silent right now? Somebody's got to say it. Somebody's got to ask the question. Because, see, it doesn't fit their political agenda to control you. And see, a woman who is free, come on, a woman who is set in who she is, a woman who knows her identity, a woman who knows what she's called to do and empowered by the Holy Spirit of God to do it, she is a very dangerous thing. She will give birth to things that will change the world. Yes, she will. And so, older ladies, your ability to shape the next generation of women for God is unlimited. Can I say something to our young ladies? I say this all the time. But what breaks my heart is for you to allow a godly desire to cause you to compromise. I, listen, I, there's a desire to be loved. There's a, a desire to be cherished. There's a desire to want to to be embraced by, by a, a, a man. Uh, it's in there. God said it. It's in Genesis. He, you'll have need of your husband. It's right there. That is a godly desire put inside of you. And, and, and what happens is you, you get so overwhelmed and you're tired of waiting for it to happen that you compromise. And you wind up with Come on, girls. I've said this to you before. I promise you, if he's not, if he can't pull up his pants, he cannot provide for you. Put him up the road. Tell him to come back when he learns to tie his shoes. 
Don't be afraid. Own who you are now. Do not sell your worth to some lazy, no good for nothing guy who's only interested in his self-benefit. You are better than that. Put him off the road. You will be okay. I promise you. Just bring him around some of these men at church. Let him violate him. He'll be all right. Let him. He can't, just doesn't, but he'll be fine. Let him get violated. See how much he wants to stick around. <laughs> Young ladies, you have no idea the things God wants to bring forth through you by submitting yourself to him. God has deposited miracles inside of you. He has deposited in there. And in submitting your life to God, you will give birth to manifestations of the kingdom of God here on earth now. I believe that, young ladies. And I'm just telling you, if he can't read his Bible because he's too busy playing video games, put him up the road. If you got to pay for gas and food on a date... Go by yourself. If he won't get his lazy tail out of bed on Sunday morning and come to church, what are you doing? He can't lead you. He can't lead himself. Can't even brush his hair, much less his teeth, and you're going to swoon over him. Well, Don't sell your value. Don't sell your biblical identity to some guy who has no interest in leading you. So whatever age, whatever age, ladies, you are, at whatever point in life, you are relevant in the kingdom of God. And you say, Pastor Don, I'm old and I missed my opportunity. No, 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 no. Come on. You say, Pastor Don, I'm young and I've already made mistakes. And so God can't. No, 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 no. You are at the center of what God is doing. That's why you're here today. That's why God is still moving in your heart. That is why God has brought you from where he's brought you from. That is why God did not let that thing that you think was supposed to destroy you, destroy you. Because you are at the center of who he's doing and what he's doing on earth. And he's not done regardless of what you've been through. Regardless of the pain and agony. He's not done with you. Live redeemed. The scripture declares that even in our old age, Psalm 92, that we'll be bearing fruits in the courts of God. God needed to send Jesus to the earth. Can't do that without a woman. You may tell you why I know this. Because God did not approach Joseph first. He sent the angel to who first? Oh, my. See, ladies, you you miss it. You miss it because you don't read your Bible. You miss it. 
God didn't ask Joseph's permission. <laughs> he really didn't ask Mary for hers either. But <laughs> he didn't have to. Because as a young woman, she was highly favored. Why? Because he saw her character. Let me, let me, you see, this it doesn't say it in the Bible, and I know I'm pushed for time, but see, the thing we don't often think about is that Mary had to go home and have a conversation with her father. How do you think that went in a Jewish household? Hey, Dad, I'm pregnant. No, you ain't. You ain't got no husband. Because God didn't talk to her dad before he talked to her. How do you think that went over? Every dad in this room, your daughter's going to come to you and go, Dad, I'm pregnant, but don't worry. God told the Holy Spirit, to, uh, God told me by an angel that it was by the Holy Spirit and everything's good. <laughs> and dad's going to be like, okay, great, perfect. That's the way it is. No, 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 no. I can't imagine that's how that conversation went. You may tell you why I can't imagine that's how that conversation went. Because Mary had to go stay with Elizabeth. tough I'm not saying it's easy to be surrendered to the Lord Anna here she is a prophetess that's what the Bible calls her and I need you to understand something ladies the relevance of women in the household of God is not a little thing it's not it's a powerful thing Anna's praying in secret, but she's faithful in public. She's faithful in assignment. Come on, come on, come on. She, she was dependable and stood with God for, for years in the same assignment, praying and praying, and her prayers were not about her needs. She was praying the kingdom of God would come to earth. She was selfless. And she sacrificed. Ladies, I want you to understand. You serve us so well. And we are so blessed. And I know there are some times that you feel like nobody knows. Nobody knows all the things you're doing. Nobody understands. Nobody appreciates what you're doing. Listen, your God in heaven, who is your Father, He sees all things. Let me show you an attribute of Anna. She was willing to partner with God in whatever role she had been assigned. Let me tell you something, ladies. This is what you need to do. You need to be willing to partner with God in whatever role you have been assigned. The first role is your biblical identity. You've got to establish your relevance by owning your identity. The scripture says that when a person is called, they are gifted, right? 1 Corinthians 12, 7. But the manifestations of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. Anna's a custodian in the temple. She's a custodian in the temple. That's what the Bible says. This prophetess who's advanced in age and honorable in behavior 
helps usher in the new covenant. See, she served God, not man. She partnered with God to usher in heaven and in earth. Ladies, God created women from the start to birth kingdom vision into earth. Go forth, be fruitful, and multiply. Cannot happen without a woman. You are not a helpmate. You cannot find that in the scripture. My, my, my flesh cringes when I hear it. Oh, you hear preachers today. And I'm like, can you read the word? You're not a helpmate. You're not some brute cow. You're a help meet. Adam cannot do what God has tasked him to do without her. The, the kingdom of God, the expression of God in the earth cannot happen without, come on somebody. And through Eve would be the fulfillment of what God wanted. Ladies, I want to encourage you, embrace your kingdom identity. Embrace it. Embrace it, embrace it, embrace it. Because the world is doing its best. The enemy is doing its best to rob you. And when you let that happen, it hinders the kingdom coming. Amen or oh me. And in these last days, there are, there are a lot of things that God wants to do on the earth. And I believe that he's seeking women after his heart who will carry his heart to do his will. In Luke chapter 8, uh, starting in verse 2, it says this, And a certain woman, which had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities, Mary, called Magdalene, out of whom went seven devils, Joanna, the wife of Chuz Herod Stuart, Susanna, and many others, which ministered unto him, Jesus, of their substance. Think about this portion of the scripture and why it's in there. Because God is willing to express. He's wanting us to understand that there are women in the scripture that because of who they were and what they were doing and their embrace of their identity allowed Jesus to do ministry. That he would have been hindered. These women served God with their substance, their time, their money, their efforts, their initiatives, their wisdom. If you read Proverbs 31, the woman that is described in there is not some dainty little dandelion. She is bold, an entrepreneur. She's a businesswoman. She makes things happen. She's not sitting around thinking that God created her to be a doormat for men to stand on. No, she's saying, this is who I am. This is part of my job. I'm owning who I am. And these women, they served without no thought of reward, no part of effort. They just said, this is my identity. Women like Deborah in the Old Testament. Hello, somebody. We can't ignore her, can we? We cannot ignore her. Oh, my. I love her in Judges chapter 4 because, right, like they're going to war. And, 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 and anyway, this whole apparatus that's happening about them going to war. You know what Deborah says to them? She says, all right, I'm going to go to war with you. But you're not going to win. I'm going to win. 
God's given the victory today to a woman. It's right there in your scripture. Can I read it to you? She says, very well, I'll go with you. But you'll receive no honor in this venture, for the Lord's victory over Sisera will be at the hands of a woman. It's right there. Because you won't do what... And there she is. She went at the expense of her life. She served God at the expense of her family in order to deliver the children of Israel from oppression. So ladies, I want to encourage you. Be willing to partner with God with who you are and what's going on. The second thing I want you to own today is this. Partnership with God is a marathon, not a sprint. There are some things that God has promised you that ain't going to happen tomorrow. Might not happen next week or next year. It's a partnership. And every woman in this room who's listening right now, young or old, can testify to the the fact that life has ups and downs. Life is not fair, and life has treated you probably in a way that no woman should ever be treated. You have experienced some things that should never happen to anybody. Here is Anna, a young woman, married seven years, and her husband dies. That's not fair, especially in her society, because who's going to take care of her now? To be a widow in that society was, it was bad. And she's still a young girl. She could have remarried, but she chose the altar. No children are mentioned to memorialize her. At 84 years old, we meet a woman and we hear about her testimony. Come on, church. She's young. She has a right to remarry. But due to the call that she accepted, she embraced an identity. She was willing and gladly ready to accept her role. Such should be the attitude of a woman that carries the heart of God. Whatever my role is. Whatever my role is. I've asked my wife before, hey, if I die, are you going to remarry? She said, absolutely not. I said, that's because you know, right? Nobody can replace me. She's like, she said, absolutely not. I've had enough of your aggravation. I don't want more, right? Like, When a woman carries the heart of God, even when life gives you bitterness, your spirit can remain. I think God partners with people, and his partnership always involves sacrifice. And depending on the situation, that sacrifice looks different. For Anna, it was not to remarry. I'm not saying remarrying is a sin. Please don't walk away from here. We're talking about Anna. She sacrifices food and comfort. What? Think about this. The Bible specifically says she serves God with fasting and prayer night and day. And, and see, here's the issue, lady, ladies. In, in today's culture, we live in a culture of excess. 
I, I just spent time at the Kakuma refugee camp in Kenya. 200,000 people live in this refugee. 200,000 people live in this refugee camp. They're from the war-torn areas. Uh, in particular, one group of them are from Sudan, which the war is happening right now. South Sudan is right on the edge of North Kenya. And uh, they've traveled down because they have no place to go. War has devastated their family. Uh, they have no paperwork. They have no idea that there's nothing. They're in this refugee camp. And so uh, the U, it's a UN refugee camp, and these people live there. And they can't leave the camp because Kenya won't know where they're at, what they're doing. Uh, so they have no way to leave and make money. They only get the food that the UN brings in, which is just enough. And each family that comes in and gets approved to be at the camp gets a little section with maybe like a quarter size of this stage. And they're given a mud brick mold, and they have to make their own house out of mud bricks and tin. That's how they live. There's not a lot of food. There is no excess. Come on, somebody. But see, you and I live in excess. And I was with Bishop Moffat for that week that we were there. And Bishop Moffat, uh, who I hope that you get to know, we'll try to get him here. Uh, he's in the States quite a bit. And uh, anyway, he's over 6,000 churches in Kenya. And uh, he's on the presidential uh, cabinet of Kenya. He's on the cabinet, the president's cabinet, and he travels with the president uh, for spiritual advice and those type of things. Kenya is incredibly Christian. It is incredibly full of Christians. And I'm talking about non uh, unapologetic Christians, Bible-believing people. And <laughs> um, he's got a diplomat sticker on his vehicles. And so when we were traveling with Bishop Moffat going into the airports, we didn't have to go through security. We were with the diplomat. It's pretty cool, to be honest. <laughs> and when we're there, Bishop Moffat starts to tell me the stories about some things that are happening. And our vice president of the United States was in Kenya a few months ago, and she was promoting the homosexual agenda in the same room with the president. And Bishop Moffat was in the room. And the president of Kenya looked her in the eye and said, we don't do that in Africa, leave. Now, you're not going to hear that on the news. You're not going to hear that on the news. But Bishop Moffat was in the room when the president of Kenya said, you're not violating original creation here. Leave. And so Bishop Moffat looked at me and he says, Pastor Don, what has happened to the nation that brought us the gospel? I said, excess, comfort. And he says, Africa's going to have to bring the gospel to America. And I said, bring it on, bring it on. Ladies, I want you to be blessed. I believe you are worthy of honor and you are worthy to be pampered and loved and treated in the most godly way. But all of us have to realize that sometimes excess is a distraction. And if you don't believe that, just go on a fast. 
Women willing to partner with God to deliver heaven on earth must fast and pray. Oh, Pastor Don, why are you picking on us? How about the guys? Father's Day is coming. Whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down to us from God the Father who created all the lights in heaven. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. Therefore, it will require the fasting, it will require the prayers of women to bring heaven to earth. It cannot happen without you. It cannot happen without you. One of my wife's favorite biblical characters is Ruth. Here's what she said when she had the opportunity to live for herself or live for God. But Ruth replied, it's Ruth chapter 1, verse 16 and 17. Don't ask me to leave you and turn back. Wherever you go, I'll go. Wherever you live, I will live. Your people will be my people, and your God will be my God. And wherever you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. May the Lord punish me severely if I allow anything but death to separate us. You see, it was this type of sacrifice that caused her to deliver a man called Obed. That caused him to deliver a man called Jesse. That caused him to deliver a man called David. Who has known, come on somebody. As the greatest king of Israel. And one of the reasons I think he's known as the greatest king of Israel is because the Bible describes Jesus as a son of David. Wow. Ruth. It can't happen without... Oh, ladies. Ladies. Time today... Literally, and I knew it would, it, it, it'll fail to mention the women who have left footprints in the sand because of their willingness to become women after God and carry his heart. And so I want to say this as the worship team comes. I want to say this to you. On this Mother's Day, I decided to speak to women and not just moms. Because I wanted every woman to carry the value that God has assigned you. I felt like it was time for someone, at least in our sphere and who we are, to say some things very publicly. Men cannot be women. It's not the created order. And that's not a political statement. You you know, Mr. Rogers was singing that song. (laughs) Somebody in here is going, who? What most people don't know is that Mr. Rogers was a Presbyterian pastor. (laughs) 
Ladies, in this room, will you stand for a minute? I want to speak this over you. I had a lot of time on airplanes. Hello, somebody. And I'm just going to be honest with you. Yeah, those planes are big, and they, they have movies and those type of things. And, you, you know, you scroll through, and you're just like, it's all garbage. I, and I just I kind of jotted down seven things that I felt like the Lord would allow me to speak over you today. And I'm going to say this to you, every lady in this room, every lady upstairs, every lady listening. You will be relevant throughout the generations. Anna, Ruth, Deborah, Esther, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of Jesus, Elizabeth, the mother of John. You will be relevant throughout the generations secondly ladies you will be an influencer and who you are biblically as a woman will never ever ever go out of fashion do not trade your biblical identity for the world's new fashions it don't fit you. It don't fit you. You can't wear it. God has already clothed you. Oh, God has clothed you with his glory and his honor as a woman. Don't wear the world's clothing. Ladies, I believe you will make your father's house proud. I believe that. I also believe that you are not obscure. You will not be obscure. As a matter of fact, if you're walking in your biblical identity, you're going to stick out like a sore... Hello, somebody. And rightly so. God didn't call you to wear spiritual camouflage. Stick out. Tell them you ain't pretending. I... I ain't pretending. In, in addition to your, your many roles as a wife and a mother, you're an influencer for the souls of the kingdom. And I believe when you own this identity, you will live a satisfied, full life with no regrets. And that has nothing to do with money, excess, or comfort. That has everything to do with living in the peace that knowing you are at the center of what God is doing on planet Earth. And I think you're going to be profitable in your old age. There's no fear in aging. Come on, somebody. My wife's birthday the other day. I, I just, I was singing happy birthday to her all day. She's like, do you have to keep reminding me? I'm yes, yes. There's only one alternative, and I don't like that one. 
There's no fear in aging, ladies. It's the glory of God, your experience and your life and your walk with Jesus to share that. And there are women who have left footprints in the sand. But I say in this room, the women of this church, you're not just going to read about other women leaving footprints. You are going to be the one leaving footprints. I'm going to speak this over you because of who you are. You will leave those footprints in the sands of time and your legacy and who you are as a woman of God, it cannot be denied, ignored, overlooked, or washed away. And so today I want to challenge you. Make up your mind. Not tomorrow, not next week. Make up your mind to be a woman that carries the heart of God. And when you do, some of these little bitty things that have been plaguing you for years, they're just liable to fade away. Some of this stuff you've been wrestling with is supernaturally going to be moved. Come on, somebody. Healing's going to come. I'm just going to be a woman who carries the heart of God. You got to make up your mind at some point, though, to own this identity. It was the Bible who called Anna a prophetess, not Anna. God wrote it down so we would see it. And the Bible specifically says she gave thanks to God and spoke of him to all who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. There's a world waiting for you. The women of this church, there's a world waiting for you. There's a world waiting for you to own who you are biblically. They don't even know it, but they have a need. And when they see it, I promise you, this confusion is going to go away. This fog is going to lift in society. When women stand up and say, we're not allowing it, it's not getting redefined, we're owning who we are. Watch the fog fade away. I'm not pretending that it's easy. Hello, somebody. But I do know that who God called and created is able to carry what he has deposited. And so we're going to pray for you. Can we pray for you? And so, Father, in this room, I pray for the women right now. Hey, Jesus, thank you, Lord, that you elevated the status of a woman. That when the world throwed them down in the dirt in front of you, you reached down and picked them up. You wiped them off. You restored them to who they were. And God, in this room today, there are women who have been thrown in the dirt by the world. They have been abused and neglected, God. They have been robbed. Lord, they are tired and they are weary. God, they are hurt and broken because of what has happened to them. But this day in this house, I speak healing into their life in Jesus' name. I speak healing into their life right now in Jesus' name. 
God, even now, just as in the scripture you reached down and picked him up, even now let your spirit reach down and pick up that tired, hurt, wounded soul of a woman, God, and brush her off, God, and embrace her right now in Jesus' name. Let your Holy Spirit come and give her comfort, God. Give her security and give her confidence, Lord. Lord, I can only imagine the confidence of the woman who was healed from the issue of blood. Lord, after 12 years of suffering, God, I bet after she went forward, she could not hide her identity. She had been touched by the master, healed and restored. God, make these women in this room, make these women in this church, make these women who are hearing this word, make them right now be restored in Jesus' name. Lift them up, God, and strengthen them, God. Give them confidence to own who they are. God, the older women in this church, God, let them know you are not done. You are not done. Their job is still to change a generation. God, the young women in this church, help them to not compromise, Lord. Help them to own their value and their worth. Father, make them women who carry your heart. Help them know that their beauty has nothing to do with outward appearance. But it has everything to do with what they carry. Jesus, I just pray for these moms that are tired, that feel unappreciated. God, would you renew them? Let this day be a day that they rest in you and have joy over the gift. Lord, in this room, these women are at the center of what you are doing on planet Earth now. The evidence could not be more clear. They are helping to birth into the earth kingdom vision. God, we want to be fruitful, and we want to multiply what you've called us to do. We know we cannot do that without a woman carrying the heart of God. And so we pray it over them. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, come on, let's give the ladies a hand. Let's sing this song. Hallelujah. Lord bless you and keep you, make his face shine upon and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give.